Oh, mate, one of my favorite people, Dr. Brian Cunningham. How are you doing, mate? I'm good. How are you? What's the crack? As What's the crack? <laughs> <laughs> the Irishman turned American. I'm the I'm the Aussie turned American. So you know we've got we've got a uh, ethnicity in us. <laughs> mate, how are you? Where are you coming from? Uh, I'm coming from Chicago. Chicago. Sunny Chicago. Chicago. How'd you get from Ireland to Chicago, mate? <laughs> Well, I tell you the short story. I, uh, I I trained in Scotland, and nobody ever believes this, but I um, my parents got me a green card, and so I had a brother in D.C. and I didn't want to go to D.C., so I had a map behind me, and I took a dart, and it landed in Chicago. <laughs> you know, are you joking or is no, that serious? No, serious. That's how it happened. <laughs> I'm a risks and adventure i didn't want to go to dc because my brother i'm the youngest of four uh, my brother would tell me you know hey you should see this you should do this so i'm like i'll stay here for a while and if it, if it doesn't work out i can always go to dc and right oh shit mate what happens if it had landed on alabama <laughs> yeah i don't know why it did land here it could have landed in in california or someplace nice and warm could have landed in alaska by the way that you you throw darts <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's awesome, mate. Well, uh, for the for those that don't know you or don't don't know of you, um, you're a USA team swim team, you know, physiotherapist. That's how I know you. But um, you know, kind of tell us a little bit more about your background. Uh, so I'm a former swimmer. Um, my parents actually developed a team in Ireland where I grew up that's still in existence. Hmm. So I swam pretty much all the way through high school, um, Miss European Juniors when I was in high school and then went off to school in Scotland and swam. But uh, the program over there was not like here in the United States. Um, and I was having too much fun in college. So I decided to give swimming up, but mm. always had that in my heart. And um, after school, I decided to really try to give back to the sport. So mm. I wanted to give back what... Um, gave me so much. So when I came over here, I, I wanted to train. So I didn't even know what master swimming was all about. And somebody said, uh, you should try that. And that's kind of took me down that path of swimming and continuing swimming and actually met my wife in a master swim team. And wow. um, then fast forward, you know, eight or 10 years getting married, went back and got my doctorate and then wanted to, um, you know, like anybody, I, I didn't get to the Olympics, but wanted to see if my skills as a physiotherapist and strength and condition could get me uh, a work with elite athletes. So that's when I applied to um, USOPC for a rotation and the rest is history. They, you know, I wanted to do work with swimmers and they initially offered me something with boxing in Azerbaijan. And my wife had said, like, no, you just been there for two weeks. So <laughs> that's when I went uh, worked with swimming and the process is a, is is a track, right? I think we first met when in Shenzhen, right? On on in a world university. Yeah, yeah, world university, Shenzhen, uh, twenty eleven, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, I was a, I was that was the first time I was actually a coach on the U.S. team, so that was a big deal for me. And uh, was that that wasn't your first U.S. team, was it? I think international team. Yeah, I started okay. off at like a Grand Prix series and then mm -hmm. kind of worked up that way. So, okay. um, so we're, we're both rookies, uh, you yeah. know, foreign foreign rookies on, as the US team that year. But um, talk to me about your academic track a little bit, because that interests me. You said you got your doctorate. So where did it start and, and how did it evolve 
to that because you know you you meet a lot of a lot of physios and they don't necessarily have their doctorate a lot of them um so what was that path for you yeah uh when i trained in scotland uh you it's a physiotherapy degree it's a national degree right mm -hmm. and so it's a national exam so um when i came over here nowadays um because i trained you know 15 20 years ago mm -hmm. everybody's coming out with a doctorate um and so i thought education was important and at that time i really wanted to do some research um on actually how neck pain or how the neck can influence swimmer's shoulders mm -hmm. uh, and unfortunately i never got to that because uh we have a we had a, a child at that stage and um it just it just didn't work out but maybe one of these days i'll go back because i think breathing um can really affect how the shoulder mechanics work and how the body is positioned in the water so if you're breathing mechanics either because of your neck rotation or you're breathing uh, and how your rib mechanics affect what's going on can really impact shoulders. so that's what yeah. really got me into it and then i um did my doctorate at rosalind franklin here in chicago wow wow awesome a lot of um a lot of people aspire to kind of get to where you are in, in terms of uh you know being a physio on the u.s swim team is a pretty pretty big honor man but the, it's reserved for the the very select few so maybe kind of give yourself a little bit of props here like what what do you what are the things you do well you think um i i think i work well with a lot of um different professionals right i i, I think um being able to interact with the athletes and just you're not necessarily a fan of the athletes right you're there to work with them and get right. them to the next level so mm -hmm. sometimes there's a pressure the athletes when they get on the table they want to be better than before they got on the table mm. so um i think just realizing that um your skills are good enough and and it's it's very similar to swimming stay in your own lane don't think about what could happen uh, or what's happened in the past or what kind of athlete they are. They need your expertise. They need you as a, as a physiotherapist, as a human being to either take them out of that pressure situation and um, realize that if there's an injury or something going on, that it's all taken care of. We have a phenomenal team and it's not just me. There's 10 of us that will travel with the uh, U.S. national team wherever they go. So... Yeah. um being an integral part of, of of that team i think helps what's the the the, the step to that how do, how do you get to that i mean there, there's a huge pool of physiotherapists that they could choose from uh, how, how do you ultimately like a, as a swimmer there's a track you know it's like you do right. this 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 and, and then you get to that point so like as a physio someone that's learning from you right now what's the track to get to where you are well, you have to apply to uh, USOPC and do a clinical rotation. So you give up your time and you work on all of the athletes there, uh, whether it's swimmers or triathletes or judo or uh, powerlifters or gymnastics. So they kind of want to assess your skills and make sure that you're you're right fit. And mm. then they um, kind of give your name out to the other organizations and say, hey, mm. this gentleman, he's really good. He's good at manual therapy, or he's uh, he's really good at looking at the biomechanics of the body. And as mm. was a former swimmer, maybe he he'd be good for your uh, organization. And and then it's a matter of um, you know getting to know Keenan Robinson. I think is a, is a key person. I mean, um, and just being able to put your ego at the door. I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned from USA Swimming is 
when you go in, you're there for the athlete and the team. It's not mm. about me as a right. physio. I have certain skills. You have to know your limitations, but go um, being able to do anything. So it means unloading a, a, a bus full of um, bags that weigh 40 pounds for 52 athletes. That's what they need. That's what you do. So, or mm. uh, pick up the trash or, or whatever. So it, 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 it's, it's a kind of a humbling experience and you're there to help no matter what, right? So right. It's pick up kickboards or go and get, you know, coffee or something. So you have to be kind of willing to do whatever. Um, and I think that's, that's what's really helped me because um, I just like to help out no matter what. So, yeah, yeah. That's actually really good advice because I, you know, I was on the Australian team for seven years and traveled the world and, and I got to be part of, you know, really successful teams at that point in time and traveling with some of the best athletes in the world, you know, the, the biggest names, Ian Thorpe's, you know, the Grant Hackett's, um, yeah. Michael Klim's, these, these type of superstar athletes. And, and what I found is um, the best physios would always find a way to compliment the athlete rather than, you know, kind of put themselves in, in front of the athlete and also, you know, next to the athlete of like, Hey, look at me. I'm, I'm Ian Thorpe's physiotherapist type thing. More of like, Hey, I, I am Ian Thorpe's physiotherapist, but I'm standing back here and Ian, Ian's in, in, I always found that that that's where the most successful physios and, and they're the ones that tend to have the longevity of the people that were there as, as support. And like you said, picking up kickboards. I mean, the other thing is you guys work from early hours in the morning to late at night. And, and it was, I always found the people and, and I can, you know, attribute this to you too, is like you, you very level in terms of like, when you wake up and when you go to bed, you're, you're still the same person kind of throughout the day. Like you manage your energy very well. You, you're always there to kind of lift up the athletes, be a positive influence. And, and those types of people tend to have the longevity in coming back team after team, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not about you. It's about the team, what you can contribute to the team and the athlete. It's there to support the athlete. It's not about advancing what I'm doing. It's making sure that my skills are there to support the athlete, to bring home mm -hmm. gold. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. So whatever they need at that time, I'm there to support them. Um, and yeah. I, I think that's the key. And yeah, just trying to keep that energy level um, up. I mean, I can mm -hmm. tell you one funny story is, yeah, everybody thinks it's a glorious thing that you're traveling the world. And, and, and you mm -hmm. know, Brett, like, yeah, you see a hotel and you see a bus and you see a pool mm -hmm. and, and you, you may see a beach as you're dr driving by, but it's... <laughs> We're kind of, you know, I'm a swim geek, but I'm a body geek too, right? Like I like to work on athletes and I like to help out, but I like to see them swim and, and see that. Um, but mm. I remember Nathan Adrian coming in in Barcelona and we'd been working, you know, you get up two hours before um, mm -hmm. the meet starts and you get there and then you work on the athletes, whether it's, you know, loosening them up before or, or whatnot. And he came in at the end of the at end of the night. So he might not have swam during the day. And he's like, yeah, can you put a little bit more pressure on me? And I'm like, oh, man, this is like <laughs> after 10 hours. And I, I'm literally like leaning all my weight on him. He goes, yeah, you could do a little bit more pressure. And I'm thinking to myself, um, man, you could have come in about two hours ago when I was really fresh. But, you know, yeah, yeah. and whatnot. So it's just, <laughs> you, you can't you can let them know that you're tired. You just have to keep going just like they are, right, when yeah. they're competing. 
Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Uh, there's there's a lot of challenges with the job for sure. Um, again, when I was on the Australian team early on, we, we traveled with massage therapists and that was kind of very common. And then as recovery became um, a more specific field and, and performance uh, became more detailed, we started to bring other um, professions on, you know, we, we, we started to bring on physiotherapists. We even started to bring on chiropractors, um, you know, other things that we didn't normally travel with. And so for me, early on, the challenge was figuring out, all right, what's the difference between a physio and, and a and a really good massage therapist? I'm not talking about you know, the massage you get at, uh, you know, one of these places you pay 10 bucks for. I'm talking about people that know what they're doing. So it's like, what was the difference between massage and, and physio? Tell me that. Well, um, physio will, will work more on the on the injuries, but also I actually learned from the massage therapist on more of that recovery type of skills, right? right. So uh, we work closely with the coaches and the athletes to understand the biomechanics of what's happening in the water and then looking at them on the table and functionally moving what's going on. So, uh, yeah, even when I was at the Olympics over the summer, some of the athletes, they were like, okay, um, you know, Matt, he's a chiropractor, Dr. Matt Lowe, uh, Amy Murray's a, a massage therapist. We had to kind of educate the athletes on, on the difference. Um, mm. and, and, and at the competition level, there really wasn't really any injuries, right? So you, you're, you're there mm. as, as a backup, but you're also there as to support recovery. So whatever mm -hmm. that needs, whether it's specific mm -hmm. types of um, manual therapy that you do, whether it's myofascial decompression, the cupping or grass and that type of stuff. Um, so it, it's kind of a blend. So that's why I said it's when you are, if somebody has an injury or they get out of pool and they're like, my, I tweak my shoulder, they'll go to me first or whoever is available, right? So there's a, a sports medicine doctor or an orthopedic surgeon. So, or there's a physician assistant. So they will go to us first and then if they need some soft tissue, then we may hand them off to the to the um, massage therapist. So, but we yeah. have a team meeting and we talk about the athletes and, and what they need and, and what uh, what we can um, support. We individualize training in the pool, so why not individualize your nutrition? Erica Barney of Barney Wellness Building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available. So go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E wellnessbuilding.net yeah yeah recovery is such an important aspect and key key aspect in terms of and, and it's it's branching out too like you just mentioned the cupping and uh, the needling and ice baths and uh, normatex and uh you know there, there's so many different varieties of uh recovery these days where does it fall under the physiotherapy banner you know any of those types of recoveries who would i go to i mean what why would i come to you or what would i come to you for exactly and and do you cover any of those that i just mentioned yeah uh, that's a great question because 
you know, you're making me sound like I'm this, uh, you know, I travel with the team on, on, a, on a daily basis. No, on my, on my daily job or what I do on a regular basis is work with teams and, and athletes and educating mm. them and helping bring the, the support that I give national athletes to the local swimmers, right? So understanding how important sleep is, understanding uh, their body and how it moves in and out of the water, understanding uh, the nervous system and how uh, breathing can regulate the nervous system. Um, mm. You know, uh, understanding at the elite level how recovery, it, it's basically trying to bring them out of sympathetic state into parasympathetic state. So fight or flight, right? Mm. And so how quickly and recognizing and teaching athletes and coaches to recognize it's not just the physical part, but it's the emotional part of the energy that we're spending that can really drain you as well. And so mm. understanding the routines and, and teaching athletes and swimmers and coaches strategies and how to uh, have specific routines like warm up routines, whether mm. that's you know, activation or stretching. Certain athletes don't need stretches, certain athletes do. And so individualizing the treatment for the athlete and the coaches or that team, what they need. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, what, what you need. That, that's a really good point. You know, like sometimes, and I think I brought this up in the past, is like, you, you know, you go to the Olympics, let's say, and all of a sudden you're in an, a, an Olympic village environment where everything's kind of at your fingertips because everyone wants you to perform at the highest level, right? So you, you got anything you want, anything you need. And, and I kind of liken what you guys do on the therapy side to almost what, what goes on in the, in the dining hall, right? Like, so you walk into the dining hall and all of a sudden you've got this array of choices and you see people just mess it up. You know, you see people just be like, oh, I'm going to try that. I'm going to eat that. I'm going to eat that. And, oh, I can go back anytime I want. I'm going to go back six times a day type thing. And, and it's the same mentality with the therapy almost. And the yep. taper can mess with your head a lot. You know, tape, taper is such a, an interesting concept for, for a lot of athletes that don't understand the swimming taper and what happens during that period of time. But I, I, I specifically remember athletes uh, almost like a train wreck. You'd, you'd see them walk into the physiotherapists and the massage guys and, and they'd be there like four or five times a day. I'm like, you don't need to get five massages a day. Yes. You're going to be okay. Type of thing. Yes. So, so, so how do you manage that? That's a great point because uh, it came up in, um, I think, 2016. I won't name the athlete, but mm -hmm. I think swimmers are like Lamborghinis and Ferraris, right? And, and um, you just got to mm -hmm. keep them revved up in order to go. And if you do mm -hmm. too much, um, you may make them into a mini or, or a Fiat. I, I don't mm -hmm. want to say anything about cars, yeah. uh, but that idea, right? And so one of the athletes uh, that I was lucky to work with over a quad or over two quads, he would every night before his his race, he'd come in and he'd go, oh, could you needle me here? You know, mm -hmm. my neck's a little bit sore. Can I get some cupping and, mm -hmm. and whatnot? And so we're not there to say, no, you can't have that. But uh, you have to build that relationship over a long period mm -hmm. of time. And yeah. um, so I actually said something to Keen and I said, hey, can I say something to this athlete? He goes, yeah, 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 because you've, you've done this. And so I said, hmm. you know, this is part of your MO. This is what you've been doing all the time. And he's like, what do you mean? I go, you know, three weeks before the camp, in the camp, you were, hmm. weren't here that much. And all of a sudden, the night before the race, hmm. you're, you want needles and cupping mm -hmm. and all of that. Mm -hmm. You have to recognize that's part of your uh, race preparation. Um, and so we have to be uh, professional and say, yes, I can give it to you, but 
is that a physical thing that we're working on or is it a psychological mm. and either way as long as i'm not there I, I, we have to make sure that we're not going to hurt the athlete and take care right. of the athlete. Right. so some of them use it for psychological benefits and others use it for physical benefits right and you know swimmers if they can get a little bit more out of their extension in their arm to get a better catch and because they've got some tension up in here yeah that's what we're there for um but they also have to you have to kind of teach them that sometimes a physical issue or manifestation is because of your maybe not um you know are not aware of what's going on in your race preparation and I, I yeah. thought that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that too. I, I, I probably wanted to have some of those conversations myself. And maybe maybe even there was a time that I can remember where I kind of made that mistake. But it, certainly at Auburn, you know, like in, in terms of like, I'm just thinking of one thing like Normatex. Like all of a sudden mm -hmm. this Normatex became all the rage. And I'd see people at NCAAs, you know, you go to NCAAs like, you know, two or three days before to kind of, you know, yeah. acclimatize and, and that sort of thing, settle in. And you'd see people on the Normatex six times a day and you'd be like, you don't need Normatex six times a day. Like, stop, like, you don't do it, you know, kind of thing. So it's, uh, you, you don't want to say that to them because you don't want to destroy their psyche either. But at the same time, you can see these people kind of walking into a, a car crash of like in slow motion of like, you, know, you can see them overthinking this thing and over worrying. And it's, and, and so that's where the therapy does become like a need versus want type situation, you know? And understanding the mind-body connection, right? And right. and I think for an example would be um, Katie Ledecky, uh, you know, in 2012. She, right, she made the Olympic team and hadn't even been on, on, on any team before, right? Like whether it was juniors mm. or anything. Mm. And, 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 and so it was kind of like that. She saw what other swimmers were doing and wanted to get on the table. And so she got on our table and I was working with uh, Ashley Stern at the time. And uh, so she wanted to kind of, you know, experience a massage. She's never had a massage or a, right. a loosen up or whatever. And, and it was funny. We actually had to tell her to get off the table because she was resisting and she couldn't relax. Mm. Um, and, and that was her first time. And so it was at that time at the Olympics, especially the last time, is there's a lot of rookies. That's, you know, a lot of them have never experienced it. But on my daily work, that's what I try to teach athletes and coaches that, yeah, there's all these tools out there that can help you perform, but you got to make sure that you're not doing it the day before competition or doing it four times before because you're going to deaden your nervous system and, and, and that's not what you want. Right. Um, so it's really kind of educating the athletes. And I think that's probably a part of the role is educating the athletes, coaches, at, you know, um, more at the uh, below the national level of what they need. But when I work at NCAs, it's the same thing, you know, yeah. needs to get on the table um, and you have to understand how much pressure you need to put on them. Mm -hmm. tell, tell me that about the negative effect then, because like when you, when you over, um, you know, uh, kind of compensate for, for those things, like let, let's say a person is using Normatex six times a day. What is the negative effect of kind of over therapy? Well, I think that's, their their legs are just really going to become very heavy. Uh, it will really kind of slow everything down, and their nervous system, right, will be totally. It's so they'll be more kind of so heavy that they can't really lift their arms and their legs, right? Right. So, and and, um, and then psychologically, that plays with you more of like I need more therapy, so you yeah, keep going yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. So 
it's really trying to teach athletes what they need for optimum performance, right? What works for one athlete doesn't, right? So um, say Nathan Adrian, he likes some neck work versus, um, you know, Caleb Dressel, he doesn't require that much work uh, versus some of the other athletes do. Um, you know, Katie Ledecky still doesn't like a lot of deep pressure on her legs, but can handle more pressure in her arms. So getting to know that and then the athletes will come in and go, you know, I need this and this. Um, but when they're rookies, you really kind of have to just teach them, you know, what's the difference between a massage therapist, a physician's assistant, athletic trainer, a physio, um, that type of thing, and, and how all that can help them. Um, yeah, that's interesting you brought up Caleb Dressel. I'm thinking of an athlete, you know, like Michael Phelps, who, ha you know, they, they have these uh, very intense programs at these championship meets, right? So what is the strategy with, with an athlete it, just in general like that? I know that it was always about kind of time management. It was always about routine. And, and they, they were set in kind of the way they, did, you know, they, they would have their swim. And then after their, their race, they would have a very set routine of like, I do this, 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 and this. And then I, and, and then I get to bed type thing. So it's like, what, what's a general routine for someone like that in terms of what you see in, in terms of the, the therapies that they could use? Yeah, like um, Caleb Dressel's example or Chase Kalish is another example who Chase likes to do some activation or uh, stuff before he gets in for a warm up, before his pre-swim. What would you call um, activation? What do you mean by that? Well, sometimes they like to do some specific work with their with their joints or the muscles right. uh, or have like a routine of like stretching out their hips uh, mm -hmm. yep. and whatnot. So mm -hmm. uh, you just have to, after a while that they've been to many competitions, they figure out what's best for their body, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes they need uh, an adjustment uh, in between a um, their, their warm up and they're gonna, their race. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you know, uh, this is just a little bit tight. Um, okay, let's get an adjustment. So that would mm -hmm. be the chiropractor to adjust. And then chiropractor may say, okay, you know what? He's still a bit tight up there. Just work him out really uh, quite quickly and let him go. Um, mm -hmm. So then post, it's a little bit different. Some, um, as you said, have a routine and it's, you know, it's down to the, down to time-wise, right? They, mm -hmm. they get out of their swim, they get a recovery, rehydration, the interview, and then they may get in the water. Then they come on the table, they get some work, they may go for an ice tub. Um, and that's their kind of routine. And so they can have it timed because Kevin Dressel, in between multiple events, he needs to know exactly how much time he has in the water, how much time he has on the table, and that type of thing. Right, yeah, that, that, that's super cool. I like that. And I, I always love to watch athletes, like you said, the pre, you know, what, what they do when they get to the pool. Like, especially as a coach, I, I paid a lot of attention to what the top athletes do. So, like, you, you watch these, you know, Adam Peaties and people who are just high-level performers, you know, what what's their routine before they get in the pool, you know? Uh, it's so interesting. And and they do have one. That's the thing is, like, the, the, the best athletes don't walk on the deck and think to themselves, well, what do I do now for the next 30 minutes? Like, they have a routine. That's the most important thing yeah. to know here. And, and to watch them go through that at Chase Kalish, you know, of like, okay, loosen up my hips, get in the pool, you know, swim my 400 IM, get back, get some flushing out, you know, swim down, you know, get get some food into me. You know, it's like this boom, 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 which then allows you then to come back and do it all over again, you know, yeah. and perform at a very high level. 
And I think I'm like you too. I, I'm a sponge. When I go on these trips, I'm learning from different countries about what they do. And I always saw what really was when we were in Guang or in Shenzhen was what the Japanese do. They're first mm. on the deck, right? It's mm. different than what the Americans do. And mm. does it work for them? Yes. You know, they do a lot of physio balls type mm -hmm. of stuff. And, and they're there an hour beforehand and the physio is hands-on and they're manipulating the body and making sure their body line is great. And so mm -hmm. I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm trying to observe this. And, and so you can see what at these international competitions, what all the other countries do. Like Brazil mm -hmm. does a little bit different warm-up. Uh, mm -hmm. America does a little bit different warm-up, but it's their routine and what works for them. You know, some of right. the NCAs, they're, they're using these... Um, you know, jumping with the assisted jumps for, uh, you know, three or four jumps. Not everybody's doing it, but it's, mm -hmm. it depends on who's, who they trust in their, their wheelhouse, like a strength and conditioning. Okay. That's what they do before jumps uh, or before big lifts. Um, so it's, it's, it's just kind of interesting really to see the dynamics on an international stage of what everybody does. Right. But the recovery is basically, a lot of like hands-on, uh, either Normatec or Ice Tub or that type of stuff, right? And that's yeah. consistent. But it's the the beforehand, right? Is yeah. what um, yeah. a lot of it's in the water, but what they're doing on deck, right? Some are using med balls, some are not. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and some who are hypermobile, what they do compared to people that are not. Right, right, right. So, it must it must feel good for you though. Like you know, a, a guy like Chase goes out and wins the gold medal in the four AM, and and you're part of his routine in some way. You know, pre and post or whatever. And so it must feel good for you to you know get that satisfaction of when the athlete does perform at, at the highest level like that. You you must feel some very you know personal satisfaction, right? Yeah, but I'm a very real small part of it. I mean, I think now. I think I'm starting to reflect on the the opportunities that I've had to be with USA Swimming for like 12 plus years and to, to see what's going on. But um, yeah, like people say, oh, you've worked with all these athletes. Yeah, I have. Um, but again, it, you, when you're in that, you're just kind of in your own lane, right? You're in that tunnel. You don't really kind of see the hoopla of what's going on TV and everything. You just want the athlete to perform at the best and that's all that's all of this right and so yeah it's really satisfying to um to see them win but it's it's not about me it's about the athletes i think the coolest part is when you stand there and the national anthem is playing is that's when you get goosebumps and you're like wow this is pretty cool but mm. then again it's like the athletes how they perform at the, at the elite level is they have to not make it bigger than it is they've done it thousands of times right so mm. um you know it's 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 you know, I shouldn't say it's just a swim meet, but it's just a, a swim. It's a race that they've done millions mm. of times before. But you right. can make it bigger than it is. And so when I'm there, I, I'm doing the stuff that I love to do. I love to help people and try to make them successful. So it's really yeah. Someone it. someone explained it uh, really cool to me once. Of like almost being like a concierge at a hotel. Like someone comes in with all their baggage, you you pick up their bags for them and, and take their bags to the room. You know, and like. It seems like a small mundane thing, but like, you know, for a family of six and come in with all this luggage and you take it off their hands and bring it up and lay it out for them on the bed, like that, that's a huge thing in, in a way. And that's kind of, kind of what you guys are doing, right? 
Yeah, I think you're. I think the biggest thing is you're trying to let the athlete relax, right? right I mean, right. it's a high pressure situation, so you got to make it fun. You got them if they want to talk, they want to talk. If they get on the table, and they don't want to talk. You don't. You don't discuss any of the races or anything right. with them if they bring it up, right? Um, so it's a kind of a safe zone, right? And that's why it's not about me. We're not fans of the athletes right they, they're athletes and and yeah. because you've worked with them for so many times i don't see them as any anybody different right like um you yeah. know they're, they're athletes that i have an opportunity to work with and yeah they're the greatest athletes of all time um yeah. but yeah. you can't make it bigger than it is right yeah. so you're there yeah. just to support them listen to them um you know help them cry if they need to cry or whatever right so uh, it's a, it, you know, that's, what's kind of unique. There's no cameras allowed to be back in that area. Right. It's kind right. of a safe zone for anybody, all athletes. Um, right. And, and right. So Vasa has been the go-to training tool outside of the pool for over 30 years. Vasa's products are ideal for developing power and proper technique in your swimmers catch. Add a few Vasa trainers to your pool deck. And it's like adding an extra lane to your swimming pool. Go to vasatrainer.com, use code BREAD at checkout, and get 10% off anything from Vasa. Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout. Destromachines.com. Well, listen, uh, you and I are also connected now because uh, it wasn't wasn't too long ago where I reached out to you to kind of be part of uh, of, of a new company, a new app that I'm that I'm working with. Any question? I've talked about this a few times on the podcast now, but you know, I was I was looking at kind of building out the, the health channel and helping them build out the health channel. And, and health is such a broad uh, category, and I think at some point in the channel here soon, it's probably going to get broken up into different categories. But uh -huh. you know, in terms of being a health professional. And a, and a world-class physiotherapist, I asked you to come on. And I, I think initially you were a little hesitant because, uh, you know, you've, a lot of people feel like social social media is not their thing, or maybe you don't want to be the, the forefront of, uh, you know, being in front of the camera type thing. You, you know, you're always kind of a background guy and you felt more comfortable there, but I really pushed you into this in terms of, you know, sharing your knowledge. And I think that's that's what's great about this app. And, and now that you've come onto the app, it looks like you've, You've answered 44 questions now and you're off and running. So initially, uh, what was what was kind of holding you back and, and how have you kind of adapted through that now? Yeah, no, that's that's great. I really appreciate that you pushed me uh, or prodded me in the right direction is because, you know, as a support team, we're always kind of behind the scenes and mm. um, you don't want to be in front of the camera. And mm. I think I'm just a little bit older generation. We're not used to being in front of the camera. So um i really enjoy it um I, I think i said to you before it's like just get on and just try it uh mm. and it's just like anything you, you got to try it once and and then you get comfortable with it and i'm learning so much from all the experts from all different fields mm. um and it's not the ability just to listen to the experts but you can ask questions on on any topic that you want that maybe one of my athletes on a daily basis asks me and i'm like you know i'm not quite sure but there's 44 experts in that may come up with a different answer. And so mm -hmm. you have that ability. And I think that's just, I think it's really cool. I think it's going to explode and um, I, I, I'm lucky to be on it. And 
I still don't think I'm a big expert, but I guess I am, right? Uh, well, you are, mate. I'm learning a lot from you and your answers. Uh, just going through there, talking about all different types of things. I mean, you, there, there's a question on there on hypermobility, which you deal with, which is really interesting. Um, talking about the blend of science and art in terms of uh, how you work, you know, stretching is a big component, recovery. I mean, all the different types of therapies that you use. So, I mean, people are coming on there and asking you really good questions and you're giving great detailed answers. But again, it's like you said, is like there's this, uh, there's, there's a whole range of experts on the app that we're all learning from and more sharing knowledge. And there's just, there's just nothing like this out there. And I, and I agree with you. I feel like it's going to explode, which is why I've really come on board full time with this because I'm excited about the different channels that are even, uh, you know, in the background right now that are about to pop up and, and all the different experts that are going to come on. So, uh, it's, it's cool that you're on there. It's cool that you're sharing a lot of your knowledge. I mean, you've built, you've built your knowledge base up over many years of experience. So for us to be able to access that now, um, is super cool. So I, I appreciate it, man. But no, I appreciate it too. Like, yeah, as I said, like hypermobility, I think is dear to my heart mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that's to do with swimmers, right? Like you're right. either somewhat stiff or hypermobile and a lot of, mm -hmm. um, coaches and athletes don't even know what hypermobility is and how it can be used as advantageous in the water, but, uh, on land, uh, it's not and, and understanding that. And so on a daily basis, that's what I kind of work with, um, you know, with athletes coming in because they're either injured or they want to get to the next level mm -hmm. and really teach them how the body works. And, you know, um, you know, I think some of the rookies at the Olympics, um, they're super hypermobile and they're like, they don't even realize that that's, that's normal for that population, but abnormal yeah. for the regular population. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, as you're a teenager and you're trying to grow and, and into your body and learn what movements are, are appropriate, you can use that hypermobility in swimming to your advantage. But when something starts to get um, tweaked or is dysfunctional, then it's kind of like uh, mm. the Jenga effect. Okay. Mm. Um, the game Jenga, the, uh, you know, swimmers are, yep. are really cool in the water, but if one brick is slightly out of place or it's still it still works it's not the most efficient so posture and connection and how you use that that's super super important and i yeah. think um i want to teach you know athletes how to use that right and i love getting on deck and getting that's you know talking to coaches understanding where they're coming from understanding why an athlete is swimming the way they are or moving the way they are and trying to figure out why that is is it is it because they don't have the control or they're super flexible or you don't have a movement in their neck but they have excessive movement in their shoulder so right right um, i think that's really I love cool. it. yeah for sure absolutely well we're learning a lot from you uh, on any question and, and people can follow up with with questions beyond this podcast once they listen to it get on the app uh you know download uh dr brian cunningham let me have a look at your uh your handle here. What is your what is your handle this that you use? Swim doc or something? Oh, the swim doc. It's right there. There we go. So, yeah, I think that's it. So people can look up the swim doc on any question. Get on there, ask some follow up questions, learn a lot. Uh, listen, what else was I going to say? Where can people find you in in everyday life? Obviously in Chicago, but where? What's the name of the business and and how do they track you down? The uh, it's a website, the swimdoc.com or on social media, it's Dr. Brian Cunningham and. Okay. You know, I work virtually with athletes and teams and, mm -hmm. you know, so in person, virtually. So, um, 
you know, it's not just the injured ones. I'm really trying to use my skills as a PT to elevate uh, and maximize the athlete's potential. So, mm. you know, if something's happening, they're just not connected. That's where I can come in and go look at you in and out of water and figure out, oh, this is what's going on. And right. so it's more of that preventive type of stuff, right? It's more that wellness um, because you don't want to just come when something is uh, injured, right? And, right. Um, and so that's why I think private practice is so much fun that you have more time to spend with them. Um, right. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All good. Well, people, I hope people reach out to you after this. And then, um, listen, man, we're both American for sure, but uh, we can't escape our past. So in terms of uh, a really tough question here, what is it for you? Is it is it Irish whiskey or is it Guinness? What is it? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Guinness guy, actually. Guinness yeah. guy. Okay. Yeah. How about you? I'm, I'm an Irish whiskey guy, mate. So uh, Irish, okay. that's all right. That's all right. Is it a Foster's or not? <laughs> Foster's, yeah. No, I have to stay away from that. No, I'm, I'm, I love my Irish whiskey, man. So I'll, I'll take that. We'll, we'll, yeah. I'll, I'll buy you one one day. So I appreciate you doing this. Um, nice to learn more about you and what you do and, and how you influence USA Swimming, mate. Uh, huge. Look, you're going to say small influence. I'm going to say big influence. So I appreciate the work you've done over many years for many athletes. So uh, keep it up yeah. and um, thanks a lot, mate. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, mate. All right. Take Bye. care. Bye. Eh?